Did I mention that we started the show? <laughs> nah, oh, which uh, we're ignoring. Are we live? <laughs> no, I'm so excited that Izzy's posting videos again. I know, it's weird. Oh, it's amazing. It's not I, that weird. I did a whole thing on this last week, though. We can't. Yeah, we shouldn't do that again. You can't steal my thunder, Joel. All right, all right. Go go do your thing. I don't really have a thing. I don't know. No, you do. You do. You've been practicing. We hey, all want to hear it. It's not a show unless you do the intro. You're no, just trying to make that's you're just it's trying the highlight to make of our it's, <laughs> not it's a the show highlight until. of the entire podcast. It happens usually in the first four or five minutes. You're just and it, you're just trying to make me feel important. I'm just trying to cheer you up. And it's working, ladies. <laughs> And gentlemen, welcome, welcome, welcome to Maybe. I've said too much. The pedantic porta potty of internet radio. My name is Mike. Good luck with that Google search. Uh, and I am joined as always. Oh, wait, hang on. My name is Mike, and I'll be your host. Sorry, sometimes I get a little carried away. Uh, as we travel through this porta potty plumbing tubes. I gotta probably spend more time working on that next time. But I am joined, as always, by my good friends Izzy Swan of all things IzzySwan.com and Joel Crawford of the Missing Digit Woodshop. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the big show. I never know if we should wave now that we do this thing live on. Please don't do that. Please don't do that. I might. Please don't do that. Please don't do that. I'm not going to individually name my my um, my Patreon subscribers. I'm not going to wave to them. I barely chat with them. By the way, for those that watch the show live, if you wonder why I don't chat, it's because I'm trying to concentrate on actually doing the show. So I love you, and I do read the comments afterward, but if I don't get back to you while you're doing this, I apologize. I'm just a terrible self-centered person, but uh, I'm completely okay with that. So Well, since I don't talk that much, I watch the chat. Well. That's my, that's my job. Hey. At least you're here for something. I just want to say hi, Dave. I don't know what that means. Okay, I'm done. Oh, by the way, hey, right. uh, before we get started, did we mention we have a sponsor? <laughs> wait, wait, no, 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 they didn't pay for that much. Don't, don't go crazy. Don't, don't be giving away the house. Well, no, I was this, just saying oh, because no. I, I, well, first this, of all, I just wanted to say, um, we don't really have a sponsor. We made all that up. <laughs> but the, um, <laughs> but I just wanted to, uh, the, what's their website again, Izzy? Uh, woodshop.com. Okay, uh, woodshop.com. Uh, Klingspore, the abrasive guys. Um, we kind of fooled around with them and uh, just sort of breaking balls last week. We said uh, uh, that if you went to their website and put in the code unicorn meat, that you would in fact get a 0% discount on anything you purchase. Well, that was uh, a total lie. And it turns so, out that unicorn meat gets you like a dollar off. <laughs> so, yeah. So if you're, um, in the in the in the mood for some sandpaper, or you just want to rough some rough toilet paper, head on over there. And um, I don't know if those are different. I don't know, but uh, just head on over there and put in the in the uh, in the shopping cart when you going out the door. Unicorn meat, and to your surprise, you'll get a buck or two off. Five dollars yeah, on a minimum five dollar purchase. It's you could literally walk away with something for one cent. <laughs> ah, Joel's got that six dollar internet again. Would you? Uh, you connected to uh, Izzy's thing in? Uh, oh, I, I said it to both me. of them. Oh, there he is. All right, we can hear you now. Oh, hey, you're back. Hey, we were just we were just um, going over the um, the um, the um, woodshop.com maybe uh, unicorn meat discount code. Yeah, that was uh, that was that was too much. That was pretty wild that he so, did that, by the way. Yeah, it was pretty so, awesome. So. Anyway, so yeah, our influence runs uh, wide and deep, even in corporate America. We can make things happen. Actually, I wish I had come up with a new one just to test them. 
See how <laughs> see how much he's willing to play right this on. game. So, but anyway, so, how much uh, farther you can take it? So, Kling Sport, folks, uh, they don't really we're not they're not really a sponsor, but they are good sports. So get on over there. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, oh, but uh, anyway, so hey, hey, Izzy, what do you got on the bench? <laughs> Nothing, but there's a sawmill sitting on the shop floor. Oh, okay. Yeah, Izzy so, made uh, a sawmill out of a uh, chainsaw sawmill out of two by fours today because you know. Izzy Swan. Yeah. By the way, it, by the way, it works is, awesome. Is this too much vodka? <laughs> mm. Mm. It's a podcast. No one can see you. Oh yeah, wait. Yes, they can. Yeah, they can. So, um, but uh, yeah. So, hey, listen, guys. Um, uh, Joel. Yes. I'm here. What do you got on the bench? <laughs> what do I got on the bench? I'll tell you what I have. I have Patreon supporters. Let me go over each Let's. and every single one of them. <laughs> and hey, you're in luck because we have their addresses and birthdays. And so <laughs> we spared no expense. Oh, I, uh, uh, other than that, I were just uh, in full swing. I bought a new shop back today. It was very exciting for everybody involved. I feel like this um, is a Bed Bath & Beyond story, but like with less women. No, there were women involved. No, never mind that. That they was very sexist too. I they wanted they wanted the shiny one, you know, the new shop back with the whole metal canister and the big rolly wheels and everything. So, by the way, the most expensive shop back I've ever bought in my entire life. All so, right. I, I we could use a sponsor, frankly, at this point. Yes. Uh, hey, if anybody out there wants to rigid, if you're listening, unicorn meat, <laughs> just sign up. Um, yeah. Hey, as long could as I'm being save me 179 bucks. Yeah, as long as I'm being sexist, though, let me just go ahead and say, um, for those of you who, uh, this is just a little tip from your Uncle Mike, uh, uh, I, uh, maybe we'll call this uh, this part of the show just the tip, probably not, but uh, it'd be cool if it was. I'm sure somebody else has done that before us, but I don't listen to other things, so I can say, I'm not sure if it has, but if uh, if you live with women or talk to women or around women, just, uh, I want you to keep something in mind. Sometimes they just melt down and cry. And uh, <laughs> the easiest thing to do when that happens is just let it happen. And then after it's done, just pretend it didn't happen. And that's, uh, you know, you just kind of moving on because that's, that's the best way. I came home today from, uh, from working, I don't know, uh, the uh, 100-hour, 12-hour day. Because uh, when you're in the mortgage business, the end of the month feels like basically your life and soul is being sucked straight from your body as you're sitting there. And uh, come in the door, and my oldest is sitting at the kitchen table crying, staring at her homework. And I was just like, oh, God. So this means I'm doing English homework tonight. And that is exactly what happened. I was writing poetry right before we got on the show here um, because she needed a poem and reasons. So, uh, but yeah. But so, uh, but guys, if, you know, if you're ever around women and they just cry, just let them cry. Just let them work it out, you know, and that, just move on. That's That's how you do it. So you're welcome. To be fair, my my wife walks into that with me too, though. So, <laughs> I mean, don't 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 put it all off on one gender. Oh no! Hey, listen, I'd love to be able to cry, um, and there's plenty of times that I'm able to just do it. But you know, there's I I don't have the ability to just work things out that way, and I wish I did. I'm very envious of that because <laughs> I well, can't. Well, one just day cry your soul will come back. It'll be fine. You'll get so, back together. No, no. But uh, anyway, so um, but uh, so. You bought a shop vac. I did, and I tried. To, I know, I know. I, I, wanna, I want. I really want you to have an opportunity to make that interesting, but I just 
No, no. Well, I will tell you that I had, I had one of the weirdest weekends ever. We had so much fun. Uh, John just turned eight. We had a pool party kind of commemorating the end of summer. It was the last, pretty much the last swim day of the year. And, uh, and it, it was a weird sense. And, and Sunday was great because we just chilled out and relaxed, watched movies and ate popcorn. And like, it's been a long time since I didn't actually want to wake up and go to work, uh, from a weekend. And either that's because my weekends are so pathetic or I really enjoy my work, probably a little of both. Uh, but it was kind of like getting out of getting out of the, the bed this morning was like, oh, so this is what it's like again. Mm. And it would just happen to be a really cool weekend. We had just a great, great family time. Nobody was, you know, nobody was sitting at the kitchen table crying. You know, everything just worked. And it's it's rare to have those fun awesome moments and uh hopefully when i'm old and senile and i lose all the rest of my memories those are the ones that stick for the day <laughs> so, right right yep i want to make a quick correction i i mentioned earlier the woodworking shop it's just woodworking shop is it woodworking shop yes okay they're getting an awful lot of airtime for somebody who's not a sponsor i know <laughs> I know that they, they even got a c- correction. Like, Don't we charge We're extra for some that? money, um, apparently. So that's uh. But moving on. So, by the way, if anybody else wants to sponsor the show, uh, talk to our HR department. You can, they're assholes. They're something special, but uh, well, you're not an asshole, Joel. I, it's not me. Don't look at me. Well, it's certainly not me, I, and I'm an I asshole. Is it? You're I probably can't. the only one here that's not an asshole. I'm, I yeah. am. Wait, I am. Never too. mind. Yeah. No. Nah. 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 No. Don't. Don't drag into Izzy into our special kind of nah, that's asshole. True. We're we're he's he's an asshole because people probably deserve it. We're assholes because we actually enjoy the sport. So isn't that the goddamn truth? But anyway, hey. By the way, is this too much vodka? <laughs> Soon to be not not that much. Because oh, every time I say that, it goes down just a little bit. Mike, are you uh, are you working on anything interesting? What's on your bench, Senor Laffy? You know, I've been waiting for you to ask that for like four episodes. Um, yeah. We don't. You're the host. You you make the things. Yeah, that's true. I've I've been building trays, uh, so that's kind of been my thing. So you made a very angry tray. Uh, yeah, yeah, that's probably true. Which one are you talking about? The one I just sent you the picture of? The the, the cat. Yeah, the panther one. That's uh, I I. So I haven't posted any pictures of this anywhere, and I probably won't because I'd like to keep my audience in suspense. But I, basically, what I did is I, I made a uh, I make these little serving tray things and put little logos in them. Um, I, I'd post the one Sultan there. of serving trays. Yeah, please don't do that. I, I can't. I can't take any more monikers. <laughs> but um, it's uh, I, instead of just having straight boards, I decided to just take some end grain and sort of randomly throw it into the mix just to see if I liked it, and it actually came out pretty cool. So. Uh, yeah, I think I'm. I think I'm out of the serving tray business, though. Um, one of the reasons I haven't posted that anywhere is because I know if I do, about sixty people are going to send me messages going, "Dude, I want one." And then you get into that thing um, where you tell them that it actually costs money, and then the demand for it goes way down. Uh, you know, so it's like, uh, did you ever notice that? Like, is, if you go online, you post pictures of stuff that you made. And people are like, holy shit, dude, I got to have that homie. You know, and you're like, ah, call it 40 bucks. Or just come up with some random number. And they're like, oh, well, yeah, I didn't know it was going to be that much. You know, and you're like, ah, okay. So here we are. <laughs> I see what you did there. 
So that's um, funny. Come on, you know anybody that's working with wood or has ever made anything? Like people apparently think that if you make something, you just made them to give away. Because as soon as you you attach any figure, be like, oh yeah, they're five bucks. Be like, oh Jesus, that's sorry. That's how can you, I I I won't be able to afford my latte in the morning. Yeah, I mean they basically you know like anytime I've ever made anything, like you know I was making those pallet wood state cutouts. And those things, I I was selling them for like thirty bucks, right? Which is considering that you have to rip pallets apart and spend an entire weekend out there knocking these things together, you would think like twenty, thirty bucks would be a lot of money to ask for that type of stuff. But as soon as you tell them, oh, so, oh yeah, well that's yeah 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 well yeah, you're like, come on, really, dude? You, you At this point, I'll pay you thirty dollars to take the goddamn thing just so I can stop having this conversation. So you haven't learned the <laughs> trick yet. The trick is you tell them it's two hundred and fifty dollars, and all of a sudden they start respecting it again. Yeah, now it's art. Yep. Yeah, it's just, uh, but in me, you know, being me, I build them and then like I charge people. Then like half the people are friends of mine. I just give them away. That way they can't bitch about them. And then, uh, you know, then I stop building them because I hate it. (laughs) I have reviews like that on the Spartan. They're like, you know, that's just plywood. And I'm like, I just wanted you to know I expect mine by Wednesday morning. No, we can do that. (laughs) The only problem is, uh, well, so the state, like if I do a North Carolina cutout, that's like 20 bucks. South Carolina is more like I don't know, I'll do this for like five because you know I mean honestly, and then <laughs> but like Michigan's like three hundred dollars because it's just so much sadness. Like you just you have to cry while you're making it. You're just like oh god, people live within these these borders. You know it's just like you feel I'm bad missing, the whole time. I am missing Michigan right now. It is humid here and sticky and nasty. I want six feet of snow. Right now, I I you just sl- got a hurricane. Hey. What are you complaining about? I would we slap got, you. You know what we got out of that hurricane? Mike sucked it all up. We got like uh, five minutes of rain and a light breeze. That's mm. all we got. Well, you're welcome. No, <laughs> I was really hoping for some trees to fall down because I was I knew I was going to be making a sawmill. So, mm. well, <clears throat> but that. Real world problems. Yeah. You said, yeah. Well, and then you stopped. You're like, well. Speaking of which, um, that sawmill is freaking awesome. Yeah, dude. That thing, by the way, I mean, when you have ideas like that, you know, you know, the time we spend before we go live on the show and I go, dude, you know, how's things going? And you just kind of sit there and play golf or whatever you're doing. I'm not playing golf. Don't be afraid to share things like that. that. So I can be excited about them. I wanna I wanna talk a little bit about it. So um I just designed... no, not on the show. I want inside scoop. This is for me, not for them. Oh. Yeah, don't oh. share with the audience. I just assume that you're not interested in stuff like that. God, I I just hate you sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> and then I just love you so hard. Uh so I built this thing and there were some considerations when I built the uh the tower that the saw sits on. I I kind of done several iterations of it. And I was a bit concerned. I wanted to make it super, super simple and um, sturdy enough to withstand it. So I built it. I didn't put any bracing on it, which I will do. But um, I wanted to test it as is. And I did. In the, I tested it in the video with a really dull chainsaw blade. I mean, that thing was terrible. In fact, I had somebody kind of get pissy with me out of the comment section. Why don't you just sharpen the chainsaw blade? I'm like, well, because I don't have anything to sharpen it with. <laughs> so, you probably should have uh, responded back to him and said, why don't you come and put your finger in it? <laughs> No, no, don't put your that, finger in it. <laughs> that would have been a great response. <laughs> oh, you should come and put your finger in it, Mr. But YouTube I, commenter. I was stalling that saw out 
um, pushing it so hard uh, into that white oak. It was like, then the gantry was perfect. And that the cut is incredibly flat. And I'll talk a little bit more about that in the next, uh, in the next video. But um, by the way, you, you right there just saying I was pushing so hard is definitely getting edited into something. I just don't know what it's going to be. Oh, great. You just said I was pushing it so hard. And <laughs> See, then you that's, why, that's why I don't talk. I, I got to watch no, myself. Please. No, please. Um, is this, but the, uh, is this the, too much the vodka, whole, by the way? The whole premise was it was just inexpensive to build. In fact, I, I ordered a ripping chain, and the ripping chain was 50 or $43, which it literally cost me $2 more to build the chainsaw mill than it did to order the rip chain for it. It's like, this is awesome. And it's, it works phenomenal. So I have a couple of pine logs and some more oak I'll be chopping up with it. So I'm pretty tickled about this whole process. Yep. Pretty, pretty cool. And I do like the idea of automating it with some kind of pressure, maybe a gas, a uh, gas pressured system or even an air over hydraulic system. So it'll only go to a certain amount of pressure and then just that's the pressure. It won't exceed it. So it won't hurt the, the thing or whatever um yeah that's why i was thinking that that's the literally the reason why i was thinking the air because you could set it like a certain psi and right. have that like you know so yeah it's but a, that would know, make three it three inch it would, disc it, it would make it instead of eight feet long it would have to be 16 feet long <laughs> to get an eight foot right throw right. but um with an air over hydraulic screw or something like that i might be able to accomplish that without you know losing that space saving stuff hmm. yeah That'd be cool. So uh, I have a I have a quick question for the people who are in the uh, the comments since I'm not paying attention to them. But uh, so we have two two we either have a topic or Joel has a rant. No 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 we have a topic. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm we pretty sure it's about PayPal. So no 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 no. There's we don't talk about that. That's, oh damn it! That's I thought not. I could set him off. All right. That's well, sorry, comment guys. Um, I thought I could. In, I thought I could bring you into the show, but uh, I guess I have to edit this part out. So, <laughs> but um, yeah. The uh, oh, the uh, what was the poll that we had on the website too? The uh, if you go, um, I don't remember. Damn it! Does Izzy have a bat? Izzy has a bat. Izzy, what are you holding in your hand? It's aluminum pipe. Why are you holding aluminum pipe in your hand? Because it was going to fall over. I, I just got a bunch of equipment. See all the boxes? I got a bunch of equipment for a, a machine I'm building for a, a company. And this one was leaning up against my desk, and I just saw it moving, so I grabbed it so it wouldn't fall over and make a big clanging sound. On the for those of you floor. who can't see him, Izzy is holding, he has this metal like a pipe baby. in an embrace that I am jealous of. I'm pretty sure if he ever held me like that, I would I would make out with him right there. <laughs> uh, yeah, oh. right there. And I, did, I did not bring easy. any alcohol down for this podcast either oh sorry <laughs> i take it back so uh I, so mike are you rich well you know joel <laughs> here we go <laughs> it it depends sorry i was just watching him grip that pipe and he's got, <laughs> he's got such strong hands <laughs> Sorry, what were we talking about? Um, yeah, uh, Rich. I mean, it depends on how you quantify Rich. Wait, now hold on a second. Is this going to be a whole, like the whole metaphorical, I'm rich with my personal relationships and things? I thought I thought our topic tonight was the difference between different, you know, handheld chainsaw mills and, you know, um, full-on 
chainsaw mills. So, so like hand, discussion. so portable chainsaw mills or tract mills is basically. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Yeah, I, yeah, that was uh, that was the poll on the website. Thank you for reminding me. But yeah, I, the um, yeah, we'll definitely get to that. But uh, okay. So right. what does uh, to answer your question, Joel? <laughs> which which you've had no prompting for, <laughs> right? What does rich mean to you? Yeah. Is it strictly monetary? And then if so, what's the number? Can I answer that? That's kind of what you do on radio shows. I, I ask questions right. and then so, kind of answer. So um, I, I like the idea of the word rich. I've always enjoyed, I've always enjoyed the idea of money, right? And, and I know it, it gets demonized a lot. No, but to no. be but to be honest with you, it's a good measurement because it's one of the few things that you get traded. Like you only have one currency, and that's time, right? <clears throat> and and you might quantify effort as as another currency, but specifically, time is the only thing that you have no control over and can only spend it. So the idea is that your value, your what you do, and what your time is worth is a is a measurable thing. I think. Um, I think money's kind of awesome at that. And you can make the arguments that some people don't get paid for what their time is worth. And that's completely true, but that's, that's a little a, side topic. That's another, that's another show though. Right. So the idea of, of rich to me is to, uh, live a life that is, um, that I can, I can live at and I can prosper at without, um, without having to worry about every single thing right with it with with being able to be who i am without the burdens of figuring out where the electricity is going to come from where the meat is going to come from where the the next flat tire change is going to be that's the idea for me for being rich and to me that bar actually isn't all that high. It changes depending on what you want surrounding you because obviously you have mortgages and somebody can live in a $40,000 house or they can live in a $400,000 house. Right? So, so I think, I think the simple answer for me is the thing that allows me to do other things. If I have to work 50, 60 hours a week and not enjoy that time in between or not enjoy what I'm doing, I don't think I would consider myself rich no matter how much money I was making. And maybe that makes me a fool in some people's eyes. Is he? But at the end of the day, I need just enough to make sure that the lights are on. Sorry, you, you were cutting out on the show here, so I, I <laughs> skipped over you rudely. You did? Yeah, no, but I, I, I heard the back end of it, so I'm sorry. I just right wanted on. to say back end. Yeah, you did. Especially with, so, especially with Izzy recording earlier, he was pushing really hard. Right. So, so did any of that come through? Yeah, it did. So, uh, but uh, so you've taken a bit of a philosophical, metaphorical, situational type of understanding and meaning. Well, no, I it literally comes down to to some personal wealth. So you have a, you have a you don't necessarily have a ceiling, but you certainly have a floor. This is basically what you're yeah, saying. Yeah, like like at a certain level, like like when I had you know a single, um, like a, a single room apartment with a 14 year old car, and I had a cable bill and an electric bill, 
and I needed food for the week, I could live off of X number of dollars. Mm -hmm. And as long as I met those numbers, then that was, that was good enough. And then I would try for a little bit more. So I had nicer things. Eventually I got to a point where I have nicer things that require more money than that. Um, although now looking back at it, those simpler times may have kind of been nice too. So, um, you know, it, isn't it funny the way that we kind of, we, we demon, there's a certain level and the, and the level seems to be, um, it, it seems to be very sort of, um, I don't know. It's, it, it, it's very relative, right? So I remember, I, I may have told this story, but I remember when I used to do car stereo installation for a living and I got out of that business and got into the mortgage business initially. And I'll give specific numbers here just because people don't like to talk about how much money they make or how much money they've made. But uh, I think that the, uh, the story here needs it. So uh, I apologize if I'm being rude, but so one of the guys that I was working with got promoted and he went and he was very, very proud of this and he should have been. He went from making uh, $33,000 a year to $40,000 a year. And he had said something about that. You know, he was just, uh, you know, he did, somebody had asked about the promotion and, you know, the conversation went on. We were all friends. So there wasn't, you know, it's not like he was in a room of strangers just kind of, you know, going on. But he had talked about how he's, you know, he, he got this raise of, you know, $7,000 a year. And that's a really big deal, right? I mean, that's a, it's a sizable increase when you're making $33,000, right? And they all knew that I got in the mortgage business and everybody was kind of wanting to know, you know, how all that went. And, and I'm always reluctant to have those conversations, particularly around people I know that are making you know less money than me. So, but the conversation you know got to it got to the point where I basically had to answer the question. And I was like, well, you know, I made one hundred and fifty-seven thousand dollars last year, and and it was it, the fact that I went from being a sales manager or you know a, a, whatever that you know I was making forty-five, fifty thousand dollars a year to then making one hundred and fifty, almost one hundred sixty thousand dollars a year, like the room went cold as soon as I said it. You know, it was just like, and this was back in the heyday when, you know, you can make money in the mortgage business on accident, right? Not like today when it's just <laughs> completely, every day is just a stressful nightmare, right? So it's just, um, so anybody who's, you know, wondering, do I make that kind of money now? Um, I won't answer your question because I don't want you knocking on my door, but the, uh, <laughs> but back in the old <laughs> days, that was the thing, but it was the, the fact that I'd gotten a promotion or, you know, got out of the industry that we were in together because he and I used to work together. And went from making, you know, I mean, $40,000 a year is a pretty good living when you're young, and, you know, you don't have a house, kids, all that stuff, to then making ridiculous amounts of money. Like, everybody really hated my answer to that question, even though they asked it, you know, but they were celebrating him. Like, you know, everybody, they couldn't kiss his ass enough from going from, you know, getting that $7,000 a year raise, but me tripling with the money I was making, like, all of a sudden, I was the biggest asshole in the room. You know, and it was just like, that was a very weird experience for me, especially because I was paying for everything that night too, dicks, by the way, <laughs> but, um, cause the bill was all on me and, you know, I was like, yeah, I got all this guys. Don't worry about it. You know, just, you know, not, not even like showing off. Like I, I paid the bill before they even knew it came out. So it was just, but that it was, that was a very weird experience. And that was sort of the first time I remember thinking, um, you know, there, there's a weird level to, to, you know, sort of wealth inequality, you know, and I'm not going to go political and get all crazy, but like they would celebrate this, this increase for him, but my increase was too much. Like I didn't deserve it or I hadn't earned it or, you know, whatever the case may have been, but that was, that was too real. But the, the, the increase that he'd made, you know, that was, Hey, we got to pump this guy up and celebrate him. But me, I was the douchebag. 
So well, right, but that you have to understand that's a. I don't think that's an uncommon response from from not people. at all. You know, the number of people that are listening to this right now going, "What a dick!" <laughs> <laughs> right. But but you know, this on was, that same this token, was sixteen years ago too. By the way, folks, <laughs> just let me just let out. I I've had conversations very recently with other makers and they off it is not uncommon for somebody to come up to me and say hey so tell me about your business and the question is in in the question has always been and they don't ever ask it is how much money do you make mm-hmm. because because that's a reasonable like that's a reasonable question when you're in the same industry i would love well, to know what other people you're sort do. of a you're sort of a bar people can you know hey this guy seems to be reasonably successful you know, how do I get to that point? And then, you know, in order to know that, you have to know what that point is, <laughs> right? So it's a- right, right, right. So, and and I'll tell them, and I'll say, you know, we make X number of dollars. However, we have huge costs because this is all, you know, it's the way that th- I don't sell services; I sell actual products. So our overhead is really high. So I I actually make a fairly meager living um, for what money we bring in. Um, but it oftentimes makes people rethink about where they're at. So it can be both a, um, it, it, I'll tell you what it has to do with the person. And I don't mean this in a bad way, but a person that's happy with a nine to five job that's relating, uh, their world to somebody else in control of their money, um, has a very tough time when you say, yeah, we grossed, uh, $485,000 last year. And they're like, oh, wow, I made 52. <laughs> Or whatever, right? And then you tell them it cost me four hundred eighty-one thousand dollars to be right. In right, exactly, exactly. It cost me four hundred sixty. Right, it cost me four hundred sixty thousand dollars to to mm-hmm. run the place. Yeah. So so um so it but it's it's very tough to explain that from the two different worlds because some people are happy with doing their job and that's fine. There's nothing wrong with it. Um with with getting a paycheck knowing that their job starts and ends uh at a set part of the day and then there are other people who are looking um that have a bug with them that say that isn't enough even when they aren't making as much as that other person they're still saying i don't want that and the the conversation tends to be a little bit more civil with those people i don't know how else to explain that it's it's a little bit Mm. more maybe understanding or appreciative, maybe not as much animosity. I don't know how to, I don't know how to, I don't, I don't want to say it in a bad way because there's benefits to both sides of that story, but, but it, it tends to be when I say, you know, we grossed $485,000, they look at me and go, oh, well, screw you, Mr. (laughs) New, new truck guy and stuff. Oh, so you have half a million dollars. You're just laying around. You know, that's the, uh, right, right. So and, and it, it becomes, it becomes sometimes a tough conversation, but other times people are like, oh my God, that's amazing. Tell me the rest of the story. And, and it's a good way for people to, to look at how, what, what I do can improve or, or it's a good learning experience for somebody, because I'll tell you what it's, it's, I haven't made that much money and I didn't make even close to that in gross in the previous years. And it's, it's, uh, there's no guarantee for me. There's nobody writing my paychecks. Mm-hmm. Um, so next year I could make, you know, $37 and spend 460,000 to keep it running. See, and, and I'm always in a weird situation cause I, you know, I do mortgages for a living. So, I mean, it's, uh, at some point, you know, I've had 
you know, friends of mine where we've, we just had to talk about money. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, sorry, I just have to know how much you make if you want to buy a house, right? And how much you got in your bank and all this other stuff. So you know, it kind of tears down those walls and it's just, uh, you know, it's, it's weird how those conversations get strange. And then I also have a, you know, very different sort of idea of money just because I've seen, you know, I've seen doctors that make a million dollars a year that don't have a pot to piss in, you know, and then I've seen people make $17 an hour, got $300,000 in the bank, you know, and you're just like, <laughs> I don't even know what this is, you know, so it's just like, um, I mean, and that's very real. I've actually, I've, I've seen that at more than once in my, my career. Like you, you make, I'm sorry, you make $17 an hour and you got $300,000 in the bank. Like how the, uh, I mean, like that is a lot even, of, a lot of ramen noodles. Yeah. I mean, that's, uh, so yeah, I mean, it's, it's all very relative, but, um, but anyway, but well, is he, Sorry to, because uh, you've just been nodding your head over there, and it's adorable. But uh, what does what does rich mean to you, sir? It doesn't have anything to do with money. Perfect. I knew you'd go there. Yeah, and that, I mean, and that's it's a it's a perfectly normal analogy when someone says, "Hey, what does rich mean?" Um, or you know, it, to think about money because that's what we do. Um, and so I'm not I'm not dissing it. So don't, please don't think that's the, that's the case. But um, hater, a, a very long time ago. <laughs> Um, I, I've, I've separated having money from being rich. Um, and I've, I've been up and down this, this ladder, this, uh, (laughs) more times than I care to admit where I had, where I had plenty and other times where I, you know, struggled. Um, but to me, it was never, um, that was never what that meant to me or it was, I guess it was for a while. But, um, when I think about rich, I think about, um, being able to do what I enjoy. Um, and I think that goes back to what Joel was talking about earlier. The only real wealth that we have is time and how we spend that is, is, you know, it's up to us obviously. And, um, I think that when I was, <laughs> I think that when I was, um, a young, younger person and I realized that, uh, I could, li- you know, and I'm not dissing anybody that does the nine to five and works their butts off and all that. I just knew that there was never a place for me there. And I knew that I had to decide on some things like whether I wanted to own a big fancy truck or whether I wanted to be happy, if that makes sense. Um, because I knew that I wouldn't be able to afford a lot of those things in my life because I made some decisions that early on that I was going to work for myself. I was going to do what I wanted to do. And I had to decide whether or not it was important enough to me to live a lifestyle that could be sustained with my desires, with the, the passions that I had. Um, so for me, being rich has always been able been having the option to make a choice, um, and to have, you know, and to be happy with that choice. I guess that's always been mine, how I looked at that, the richness of life rather than perhaps the money side of it. Now I've been very fortunate in my career. So it's easy for me to say, um, where I've had a lot of really good times in my, and throughout my career have done very well. There's been a lot of struggles too. So, I mean, I'm not, I don't want to, don't want to diminish those either so for me rich is um is you know um being able to make choices that you want to make and in some cases money make makes that possible too like joel mentioned you know if you have if part of you being happy or being um rich in in person wants uh wants to go to disneyland i guarantee you're not going there for free so unless you put on a princess outfit or a mickey mouse costume but well, and here's, I mean, you know, as far as rich is, um, 
There's a couple of different things there, right? So if you don't have money, there's nothing else you can think of, right? I mean, it's just that we've just conditioned ourselves as a society and as a people. I mean, if you are broke and you owe people and you have things you have to spend money on, there is nothing else. That is entirely and all-consuming, right? Like there's just, I have been... I have been flat broke. Like, like Louis C.K. once made a joke uh, that he'd bounced a check and his his uh, his checking account was negative fifty dollars, and he's like, "I need fifty bucks just to be broke." <laughs> you know? And I've been there. Like, there's been times that my wife has looked at me and she's been like, uh, "Do you want to know how much we owe?" And I was like, "No, I don't know," because <laughs> I can't throw up any more than I already have. You know, it's just uh, so. It, and when when you don't have money. Like it, there is nothing else in your life, right? That is, that is the only, that, that seems to be the point of your life at that point. Right. And it's, um, and then you get to a point where, you know, there's a, there's a comfort level, right? Your bills are paid. You got enough money. If things get a little bit sideways, um, you know, and, and, and before you get to that level, you get to the point, you know, you're, you're making it, you, you know, you may live paycheck to paycheck, but the bills are always paid. You know, you can, you can go out to dinner if you want to, you know, and then you get to the point where you got a couple bucks in the bank and then you get to the point where, you know, you're Jeff Bezos and you got a 21,000 square foot house and, you know, you have a trillion dollars in the bank and, and, you know, somewhere in between there is, you know, what you talk about is rich is happiness, right? That's, that's really, which is my favorite word again, because, you know, reasons. Right. <laughs> so, um, but I mean, you know, the, you, you quantify rich as happiness, right? That that's, it's not necessarily how much money you have in the bank. And to Joel's point, I mean, you really, you have to get to an even level, right? The watermark has got to get to, um, you know, the point where you, you're still above water, right? So as long as you can still see over the water, you're doing fine. It's when you get underwater is when it starts getting really weird and scary. Mm-hmm. And that's, and there's something about, it's just, it, it, and, and water is a really good analogy for that because, you know, if you're in the, let, let's say you're in a pool, right? And your feet touch the bottom, your head's above water. Um, you can kind of hang out in the pool. You know, it's a, it's a little deep. It's, you know, it's up to your neck. You're not really terrified, but you can still have a good time, jump up, play a little volleyball, kind of mess around. Um, the second you go underwater, you can't think of anything but getting above water, right? Like it, there's nothing you want more than to take that breath when you're underwater. Right? I mean, anybody who's ever been underwater for any extended period of time, either intentionally or unintentionally, all you want is to breathe air again, right? And that's and, and being broke feels exactly like that. Like I just want, I just want to stick my head above this friggin' wave and just breathe air again. Like that's all. Well, that's and, a and, very good analogy. Yeah, like there, oh, you yeah. can't think of anything else in your life. Like it's you just you're underwater, you're looking up, and something's holding you under there, and you do you can't think of anything but breathing that air, right? And then when you get it, it doesn't matter how far above that water you are. Right. Once you finally get up over there, it you are comfortable as long as your goddamn head doesn't go back underwater. <laughs> you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So and that's so yeah. When you say being underwater, that's a great analogy for that because that that is exactly what it feels like. You know, just holy shit! If I could just breathe again, um, mm-hmm. you know. And everybody's been there. I, I don't give a shit. I mean, uh, Warren Buffett didn't make his first hundred thousand dollars till he was forty four years old. Yeah, I mean, it's everybody, doesn't matter how much money you have, doesn't matter what's going on. I have a, a bunch of uncles who make more money than you can even wrap your head around. And they've all been broke. I've seen them broke. 
you know, and, and you just like, everybody's got to deal with that at some point. And now they're rich and they hate life. I mean, <laughs> it's like, <laughs> no, it's surprising. It's funny that you mentioned that because I mean, I, I know uh, awful lot of people with, um, a lot more money than uh, most of us will ever have. And I would say the better part of 80% of them are not happy people. I know a guy right now, I could call him on the phone. He could write you a check for a million dollars. Like write you a check. And it, I mean, he, and, and you, if you followed that guy around for 10 minutes, you wouldn't want his life forever. Like it yeah. just, you, you just like, there's no, there's no trade off for this. I guess, you know, for me, I was thinking, um, not to get not to get too deep or philosophical. What would you be willing to trade to be rich? What are you willing to trade to be rich? And and I, and I mean whether that's whether that's to you whether that's money or whether that's a peace of mind or whatever. What are you willing to give up? Because that's you know you have to. There has to be a decision there. There has to be some kind of dynamic that says, hey, I'm I'm. This is where I want to be, and this is what I need to do to get there. Or I am happy with a healthy family, with, um, you know, living in a double wide trailer um, and driving, you know, really used cars or riding my bike. You know, where, where are those decisions? You know, I, that's kind of where I kind of wanted to take this tonight was just to say, you know, you, know, you don't have to. And, and I, I'm kind of going through this with some of my kids. I got three of my kids are getting close to that age where they got to start making decisions about what they're going to you know, do whether that's go to college or work a part-time job until they figure it out or whatever. So we have these conversations from time to time with them. And I, and I always tell my children, and it's the God's honest truth. If you're happy working in McDonald's, flipping hamburgers for the rest of your life, and that's what you passionate about, that's what you love to do. I'm all in. I'll support you hundred percent, but don't go off trying to be an engineer or a lawyer or a doctor, um, or whatever, you know, the, the status quo, um, you know, Unless that's what you're passionate about, because it, it's not important. Those things are important. At the end of your life, what are you going to think about the most? You're going to think about the connections, the people in your life. You're not going to be thinking about, you know, 20 years ago, I had to roll some pennies to, to put some gas in my car. So that that's where, you know, that's kind of where I was going with this tonight. But um, Well, and, and that's, you know, I watched the, the, I read a lot of books about, you know, uh, Steve Jobs. I'm an Apple fanboy for people who don't know. And, and uh, Phil Pinsky and I have spent a lot of time talking about the, the differences between Mac and Apple and how Apple is just flat out better. Um, but one of the things about like Steve Jobs, that guy died with all the money in the world and he didn't take any of it with him, you know, and, and, and he was an asshole and people hated him. <laughs> You know, it's like one of the most uh, innovative people in the world. And, you know, he, he died very rich, but didn't seem to be very happy at all. Right. And it's uh, and, and that's, um, you know, I mean, you being rich to me is I consider myself to be rich and, and I'm happy to quantify that in any way. I, I make a decent living. I by no means have, you know, piles of money laying around and, um. You know, I, and and I don't have any long term retirement plan that all of a sudden I got a million dollars set aside. But when I came home tonight, my daughter sitting there in front of her laptop in school crying. All right, and seventeen year old girl, beautiful in every way you could imagine, great kid, having a tough night and having a tough time with her homework. Um, but she's sitting in my house, healthy, going through some stuff that everybody goes through. And, you know, my, my other two kids are upstairs and I can hear them kind of 
they're pecking at each other a little bit and, and you know, and, and you sit down and you're like, all right, well, it, it, I come home from a nightmarish day and there's a stressful situation waiting as soon as you walk in the door. But, but that's the good stuff, right? Like that's, that, that there's, that, that makes me rich, right? That is, that, that really, I mean, I, I have a good life. People would trade their lives with me in a second. I, I mean, it just, I have a good life, so I consider myself rich, and and I work my ass off for it. You know, there's, uh, and I'm and I'm completely fine to do that. I don't, I don't, uh, I don't hate the work. I don't, uh, I don't ever feel, um, you know, taken advantage of by life in any way. I mean, I, you know, things are good, so I consider myself to be rich in that way. Uh, and and I don't have a million dollars, and and you know, I I mean, I make a pretty good living. Um, you know, I mean, as far as uh, normal standards would be, I we're, you know. I I don't worry about where money's coming from, you know. Now th- that hasn't always been the case in my business. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, any, well, you know, I, I, I can any tell of you who are around during the mortgage meltdown know you're like, oh well. I wonder I how much you, you can get for blood and plasma. <laughs> I can tell you, and Joel can too. Being self-employed, it doesn't matter if we do have a cushion in the bank. We're always worried about where the money's coming from. Oh, absolutely. You know, yeah. and it's um. But it's, you know, so, it's one of those things that I wanted. Which is a good question, though. I, I, I yeah, don't, I uh, just, I mean, it opens a whole can of worms that we could go on about this for hours and hours. I just wanted to get some perspective on it, see what you guys thought, get some feedback, and um, have a little conversation about it. And I, you know, I mean, my two cents is live the life you want to live, and that makes you rich. And if that means not driving, you know, not driving a big fancy truck or riding a bicycle around or, or you know, living in a tent, if that makes you happy so you can do, you know, so fish or surf or whatever it is that makes you makes you tick there's nothing wrong with that you know and i would rather spend time with somebody like that who's made decisions to um do what they're passionate about and live a lifestyle that uh, that um uh, that uh, complements that than i would with somebody who's just completely miserable you know working 60 hours a week trying mm-hmm. to make ends meet you know what i mean well, Joel, uh, you said that you don't you don't really look forward to the weekends because you love what you do. I mean, what, uh, what I do, what I is, really do love. How do, I mean, I mean, it's how does Rich feel to you? <laughs> Rich feels to me like uh, you know the one of the key, um, one of the key stepping stones for me was when I hired somebody to help with my business, and that first one was really hard but it was really rewarding helping somebody not, not helping them. Obviously they give me a, a product, their time, uh, and I get to pay them. But the cool thing is, uh, it, it's really, I don't know how to sound it without sounding mushy, but I enjoy helping people be prosperous. So, um, I have five employees right now, not including myself. And that means that there are five people making a living. Um, or trying to make a living. Um, and it's because of what I do and what I've developed that, that does that. And that brings, um, that brings an insane amount of, of happiness to me. Um, and it, it, it also puts a lot of pressure on me for the responsibility of, you know, they have families and, if there's one day that I can't do what I need to do to make their paycheck, I have to tell them, I'm sorry, but I can't, I can't have you here anymore. Um, so those things both give me happiness. And, and I think the things that give you uh, th- that stress of responsibility, like a child, a family, a house, a ca- uh, even a car, 
where you have to take care of these things um, oftentimes give you the most happiness because they facilitate other things. They, I, I get a chance to help somebody build a life for themselves. Now, I'm not saying I am their one last hope, right? I'm just saying they chose to work here and I chose to have them here. And it seems to be working out pretty well for us so far. Mm -hmm. And so I'd like to continue that. So if there's a, if there's a measurement, at least in the business sense, for me, it's a matter of, can I employ more people? Is there a way that I can increase what I do to, um, and I don't want to say spread the wealth because it's, it's not, it is absolutely that, but it is such a negative connotation when you say it that way. Um, I like the fact that I contribute to our community. I like the fact that, that our business has a chance to not only support me and my wife and my children, um, but grow itself and support other people. I don't know, man. I, I honestly, there's times when I think, oh, I could do things that would make things grow much faster and bigger. And I oftentimes choose not to because I happen to like where we're at. So maybe that in itself is a, is a measurement or an indication of happiness. Well, I would say that, you know, being rich, one of the things that, uh, I, I think one of the, and, and this is, you know, human beings are very ego driven, right? Everything is, you know, the, how do I fit into the world is basically, you know, we're spending, you know, being someone that spent so much time in therapy, we've, <laughs> we spent a lot of time on this stuff, but, um, the, the definition that I would, I think, you know, to kind of summarize some of this stuff is, is how I would define rich is, do you feel valuable? All right. And that's, that's because how you feel, if you feel like you have value, that really translates very well to, um, you know, a life of happiness. And do you feel wealthy? Because that's, that's really, you know, people that, people that need to make a billion dollars, like they, that, that's, they, they have some value attached to that. They have to feel that to feel valuable. Right. Um, for me, I feel the most valuable when I am, you know, if I'm in a situation where I can lift people up or I can, you know, um, if I can help you realize unrealized potential, like those type of things, those are moments when, um, I feel like I've given the most of me that I can give, you know what I mean? And that's, that doesn't always translate to any monetary value of any kind, but that is when I feel, um, like I've actually, that, that is when I feel my, my absolute purpose. And, and to me, that is that there's wealth in that. You know, and there's um, and and that's really you know kind of the thing is do you do you feel valuable? Do you do you feel like you've contributed? You know, and and I think to some extent you have to have that to, um, to really you know the the rich conversation to Izzy's point is you know how do you fit into the world um with value, you know, and what is that value to you? In his you know in his case, it's you know my kids are healthy, you know I I have all the things I want or I at least have all the things I need, man, I have all the things I want, you know, that's, that's, it's more of a metaphorical sort of, well, oh, yeah, right? I want all the things. So I definitely don't have what I want. <laughs> yeah. Well, and, and, you know, I mean, for me, I, I don't, I, there's a whole list of things that like I I'd love to have, but I don't, I don't need any of them. And, you know, the reality is, is, you know, I, <laughs> I go on like, um, I'll go on Amazon and I'll look at today's deals and I'll find some dumb shit thing that I'm like, Oh, I got to have that. And then it gets here and I throw it away. You know, it was like a couple of weeks after I have it. It's just, you know, like rich is a, is a, again, it's a relative term, right? So you, you, 
I've seen this in my business. People that make a shit ton of money. I mean, I've had people that I've been close personal friends with make six, seven hundred thousand dollars a year, and they're as broke as anybody. You know, and I and I know people like I said, I know people make forty, fifty thousand dollars a year that got money in the bank and retirement plans, and they still go on vacations and you know do all the things you want to do. And you know, guys that are making three quarters of a million dollars, you know, they got. 10 bucks in a 401k, you know, it's like, <laughs> where, where does this come from? Yeah, I mean, and I've seen that more than once, you know, so uh, that rich is a very relative term, you know, and, 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 yeah, you know, right on. and, and honestly, the more money and it, it, cliches are, you know, real for reasons. I mean, they, you know, the more money you make, the more you spend, you know, you, you, if you get to the point where, you know, I mean, I, I was, I had as much money in the bank the year I made $30,000 when I first moved down here as the year I made $150,000 when I first got in the mortgage business. Because I had, when the money comes in, you're just like, oh, hey, it's almost like a game. Like, hey, somebody put X number of dollars in my bank account. I guess, you know, it's a game to get that back down to zero, right? And like money's like milk. <laughs> if you don't spend it, it spoils, right? Like, yeah, you don't want that, you don't want that two grand to go bad. There's a cell, there's a cell phone video game that would be a hit. Right. Yeah, I mean it's you know you you just uh, you know and, and and when when the mortgage industry when it took a giant shit on everybody, um, you know when the economy really took a hit. I mean I worked for a non-conforming lender, you know people would call subprime at the time, and uh, when things get sideways and weird, you know you start to realize that you know that that not only is a very humbling experience because you're you're really not the man you thought you were. Um, but you start to realize the things that you'd spend money on that don't matter at all. Like there's just things that have zero meaning that you've, you've associated this value with that don't mean anything to you, you know, and, and, and does paying for those things make you rich? I mean, I don't think that it does. You know, I, I mean, it's, uh, you know, and that's, that's really sort of, you know, like you say, Izzy, I mean, that's, that's where this thing goes from being sort of, you know, would it is rich a bank account number or is it more metaphorical? You know, right? I think, right. That, I think that most people would agree that it's more metaphorical. I mean, it's you know, once you pay I think your bills, so too. what else is there? Yeah, and I mean, you know, it's 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 just all about decisions and choices, and you know, what um, knowing back to the old um, matrix, you know, know thyself, and um, you know, that's that's really the key right there is what what does it mean to you? And I think that that was we were this conversation really wasn't to come to some kind of decision it was more just to have a conversation about what it meant to you what it means to the person oh yeah just yeah. by the if you if you're listening to part-time podcasters as a means to <laughs> i mean uh you if know, you want some to financial figure out advice, life's deepest um, philosophical problem if you want financial advice i can actually help you with that and that's yeah, just a i can too my account because, number is send me all your money uh, yeah you, no more um, money problems so. Yeah, I've I've just been in situations where I've seen enough people, and I've I've looked over enough credit and income and, and asset documents that I've just seen so many different scenarios that I just I created financial literacy as a as a byproduct of that. So you know, if you if you got questions, I'm happy to answer them. Don't send them to me because you know I don't have time. <laughs> I'll, t- I'll tell you, there there might be an interesting story. So when the financial crash happened, the, the recession started. I was in a completely different business. I was IT, in a kind of, I yeah. I yep. was, I, Joel I was and I are similar stories. Yeah. So I, I was in a kind of specialized IT area too. And it was not a, uh, it was more of a luxury for companies. And uh, it became very aware. I became very aware how unneeded <laughs> we were when they started tightening budgets down. 
and it happened almost overnight. And all of a sudden we had to pivot and I'll tell you what, it took me about three years because we had amazing growth. Like we were, we were doubling and tripling every six months. And we started out with like one, two clients, and then we were up to 30 or 40 clients. Then we got big clients like Home Depot and Haverty's Furniture and all sorts of things. And we were doing really good. Like, like there was money and it wasn't nearly the overhead because it was using our brains and telling them what to buy. <laughs> and which is fantastic. Um, but the, but I got wrapped up into it. Like personally, I will tell you that, that there was a, there was a mental cost to that. And I will tell you the difference between 2008 and 2012, I would say that, that eight, nine, 10 and 11 probably were some really like I did. I just, I was like, okay, I have these three clients that love me and they're going to keep me on, which will keep just me like at let's put a number on it. Let's say, uh, $28,000 a year. Right. Mm -hmm. And I, I was making substantially more money than that, uh, in months, um, because things were going so well in, in pre 2007. And I went, wow, this is, this is a little insane. And I got caught up. I mean, it, 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 it re, I, you can, it would actually be a good conversation to have with Margo because she watched me on the outside mm. and, and all of a sudden I'm sitting on the couch and I'm doing things and I'm, you know, watching daytime television, you know, like just the, you know, picture the miserable guy that has spent a good portion of his life building something. And then someone moves in next door and opens up a great store and it's, it's just gone. And that's how it was. And so there was three years where I was like, I don't know what to do. You know, there wasn't any money being spent anymore. And I didn't, and the, the difference was I didn't like bounce from it. I didn't try. I was like, because you know, you can, you can make money somewhere doing something if it was digging ditches. And I was doing just the bare minimum. And actually funny enough, as it turns out, and I hate when people said there's always a plan. Somebody will probably say it, but it ended I'll up being that I picked up, that. right. It, it ended up being that, um, I started taking up woodworking since I was in high school or before, uh, and I bought a machine here and there and I started building things and, and, you know, come maybe three, four years later, watching a lot of Steve Ramsey videos. And YouTube was my friend and taught me a lot of things. Izzy, thank you. Um, you know, it, 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 it morphed into a different direction than I was ever anticipating it to be. But the downside was if you attach money or if you attach professional success to happiness, um, it's fantastic when it's working really well. It is miserable when you can't control it. And there wasn't a day that went by that said, I, and, and my wife would look at me and said, you're insane. And I said, how did, how did I not see this coming? How did I not leverage and, and make this all happen? Because the answer is, and I only half believe it now, is that nobody knew that it was going to be like that. It had never been like that in anybody's lifetime that was alive, you know, 
below the age of 70. <laughs> so, so there wasn't anybody around with sage advice for, for 98% of the country. So, so, and I, I, and I, I failed and I still feel like I failed and it, and I had put so much of myself, my personal being, like literally I'd walk in and be, you know, people would say, Hey, how you doing? How's business? I'd be like, man, business is great. Everything is going great. You know, it's, I could have gotten a car rash, lost a limb. Somebody said, Joel, how you doing, man? I couldn't be better because business was great. And I put everything into it. And Izzy, I think you've probably been in that same situation where you've had a business that you've like nursed from the ground up. Mike, you've certainly in the mortgage business, one day everything's good. Lehman goes away. And then all of a sudden the whole world just ups and throws up on you. And it's, it's a weird, it, I just, and maybe I'm not unique or, but maybe I was, but I had a lot of my personal like the belief in myself, like that arm, the business was, was like half of that, you know, mm. and, and when the business was prospering, I was happy when it wasn't, I was miserable. So I will say, be careful where you place your happiness, um, uh, and, and be careful who you place your happiness in it. Um, because those things can change without much control. Uh, and unless you're some miracle person that can ride every crappy wave, um, you're going to go through those waves and troughs and it makes for kind of a miserable existence. So that's, that's you, the only thing I can tell you, like as a, as you know, a it's, side note. It's, uh, it's funny because, um, you know, again, but I know I bore people with the mortgage business, but the, uh, but being in the mortgage business back when the mortgage meltdown happened and, you know, basically crashed the entire world economy. Um, you know, a lot of people felt that peripherally, but I was, I mean, I was sitting in the middle of the storm, right? <laughs> like, like when Florence came through here, like the, you know, the, the intersection right next to me was completely flooded and uh, Izzy was hoping for more rain. Uh, and, and that was basically the same as it, <laughs> when the mortgage meltdown happened, it was the intersection right next door to me was completely flooded and I was shit out of luck. And, uh, you know, a bunch of people on the outside got a little wet, um, but they had no idea what it was like. And I worked in a situation where, um, my income got cut. I, I made a quarter in 2008 of what I made in 2007. So, and that happened literally overnight. I mean, that was, I mean, within a six month window, every mortgage company disappeared. All of the real estate market completely crashed. And, you know, I completely fell right on my face. And, you know, you start to think to yourself, you're like, you know, here I was, I thought I was this captain of industry and super smart and, you know, making all this money. And, you know, and oh, by the way, all the money that you had set aside in the stock market and your 401k and your stock options and all that stuff. Um, that's all, you know, I lost $60,000 worth of value on that overnight. I mean, very, really overnight. Um, so it's like, okay, all this, I had 10 years worth of savings and now I've got, you know, or I've, I've been saving for 10 years. I don't have 10 years worth of savings. Holy shit. Let me erase that. But you know, you're like, okay, I had a year's worth of reserves and now I have two months. You know, it's, <laughs> you know what I mean? Because I'm not making any money and I don't have any coming in. Um, that experience is very humbling and, and, and I'm actually very thankful for that in retrospect. I wasn't thankful for it at the time. Um, but I'm very thankful for it in retrospect because it gave me the opportunity to really see what is valuable. 
Um, you know, what, what do I need to really be happy? Because you, you can, you can really find, um, a very fulfilling life for yourself, you know, in, in sort of that, uh, once everything gets taken away from you kind of way, um, you know, when, 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 when the, the foundation gets chipped out from underneath you, you start to realize, you know, you're like, oh, okay, I, you know, I didn't need all this other stuff, you know, and, 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 and looking back, I didn't even really like the person I was in those years before that. You know, I was just arrogant and, you know, just fucking dumb. I mean, in every way you can be, you know, just you just spending money like it's always going to come in and, and, you know, just being arrogant and, you know, just uh, just the worst parts of, you know, you just kind of come out when you're in those situations. And it's like, you know, and every now and again, I feel myself kind of getting back into that situation. And I'm like, oh, yeah, I remember this guy. He was an asshole and I'm glad he's gone. Um, you know, it's just like, so, so yeah. And that was, and like I said, I mean, I, you know, I, I used to make way more money than I was ever worth. Um, you know, and, and, and having all that stuff kind of taken away, really grounds you in this. Oh, you know what? I and, and getting older does that anyway. You know, when you're young and you know, you're in your early thirties, I mean, you're just a douchebag anyway, just because, you know, <laughs> You haven't figured a whole yeah, bunch of stuff Yeah, but the, it gave you a good chance to figure out what you're really worth at the truck stop late at night. Yeah, and that's, <laughs> hey, $20 is $20. <laughs> hey, $20 is $20. But uh, I, I didn't want to end this on a, on, a, on, a, on a down note. I think there's, there, I think happiness is, uh, I think happiness is achievable. And I know that people sometimes walk around and they think that money is the end all be all. And I'll tell you what, it sure helps have money and it sure helps to have your head above water because it's one less thing you have to worry about um because that's when things get really bad is when you're just bracing for your kid to have a broken arm or a flat tire or you know something goes sideways unexpected and you and you have just enough to keep you know, the water meter from being mm. locked out. Well, and that's because, not even underwater. Underwater isn't planning right. for the, you know, underwater is, um, you know, and, and I've, I used to help people do loan modifications, you know, people that are behind on their mortgage by 90 days and they're worried about the sheriff showing up any minute. Um, you know, that's, you're not worried about what happens to your kid, you know, if they break their arm, because there is no, if you're just, you're trying to figure out the now. <laughs> you know, I don't, I don't need to plan for that. You know, I still got to put food on the table tonight, you know, so that's, uh, that's, in, you know, that, that's actually, again, one of those sort of experiences that, uh, I was actually very fortunate because I was tied into a company at the time and we used to specialize in doing modifications. I became very good at them. So I was able to help a lot of people keep their homes and kind of work, navigate through all that stuff. So, um, that whole experience for me is, you know, as, as, as core shattering and, and, Ego destroying as it was, um, probably the best thing that ever happened to me, you know, and, and, uh, you know, I don't wish that anybody ever gets sort of, you know, dragged down, but every now and again, you just kind of need that. And, you know, you really understand to Izzy's point, what, what rich really is. And so and we could all use a little bit of that. I think. What's the old saying? A, a turd always smells better. The farther away you get. <laughs> <laughs> that depends on what you eat. <laughs> right. Right. Yes. I had a, I had a, I had a, a T-bone and a porterhouse tonight because they were on sale. I, I don't even, I don't even want to hear it. And they're fantastic. That's the same, that's the same, that's the same meat. Like you just had a T-bone and a slightly larger T-bone. Yeah. Yeah. Don't hate on me. 
I'm just saying you ate two T-bone steaks. No, the porterhouse has got, uh, they don't, they don't keep the one side of it on there. So, but yeah, they right. had it on sale for four ninety nine a pound. So I had to have it because <laughs> I got two steaks for $8. <laughs> so who says no to that? But anyway, well, that's, uh, I mean, listen, we're over an hour at this point. I guess it's time to kind of put the bow on this thing. Right on. Stuff. Let's do it. Um, well, thank you guys. Well, that you was don't. A really I mean, conversation. You so. don't. You don't. Let's do it at the yeah. end. I hope you learned something, <laughs> Izzy. Oh, I, I always <laughs> learn something with you guys. I always learn something with you guys, and mostly it's to not share the podcast. <laughs> right, right. It's a good thing don't. I don't have feelings. Whatever you do, don't don't put us on Instagram. <laughs> Too late. You're already there. Insta book. Insta stuffs. Well. Well, listen, guys, yep. uh, guys, girls, and everybody in between, we really appreciate you uh, spending some time with us, taking a listen to the show. And uh, I don't know why you do it to yourselves, but uh, we love you for it. But uh, please, questions, comments, feedback, bullshit, whatever you got going on, hit us up. We're at Maybe Podcast on Instagram, Facebook, and the Twitters. Um, if you're not part of the We Like to Make Stuff Facebook group, go get in there. Um, it's where all the cool kids are. We give out free drugs. Um, Heroin for the ladies, right? Right? No, just kidding. We don't get that. Right. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, go ahead and jump on over in there and uh, say hi to the uh, to the ops. That'd be me and Joel. Um, and uh, we're happy to add you into that group. And we do a lot of chatting in there and sharing stuff and things and all that good stuff. So uh, hop on in and find us. Uh, if you're not a member of Izzy Swan's website, by the way, you lazy bastards, get your ass over there and uh, sign up. You can get a free account. Um, he's got this chat room thing, and there's videos and, and a whole bunch of other stuff. Uh, he's got some content on there. And by the way, he didn't ask me to do this, but I was farting around on his site today, so I'm a little bit fresh with it. Uh, but he's got some content on there that is only IzzySwan.com related, which is uh, kind of interesting. I was on there today, too. I dropped a little message on the board. And... And I still can't post to the Maybe I've Said Things podcast part stuff website because he keeps changing my, my moderation status in there for some reason. But I don't hate him. It's beta. <laughs> so, and, um, and remember, um, if, you're listen- if you're listening to this podcast, you're only one step away from being rich. All you need now is money. Yes. <laughs> Jesus. Are we going on for me? You just... <laughs> I think you just broke the show. <laughs> but uh, but that's it, folks. Give us some feedback. If you got any content, any uh, things you want us to talk about on the next shows, that type of stuff, definitely hit us up. And uh, is this too much vodka? <laughs> I I don't know. I just assumed that it was water. Yeah, you wish. Yeah. Water doesn't give you goosebumps every time you take a sip. But uh, ooh, look at them gooseies. I, I I see those cheeks getting a little rosy, and I hear those sinuses clearing up just fine. Hey, you're welcome. But, it's, uh, uh, that's right. I hear Podcast the rain, fuel. I hear the rain starting to pour outside, so that means my internet connection is going to get wonky. Oh, of just course being, it is. Like being back in Michigan. But, right, uh, that's right. All right, guys. Thanks for everything. Uh, maybe podcast, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. Uh, make sure you get into the group. Uh, hit us up on the Facebooks. It's where we're most active. And um, we're happy to, uh, you know, uh, take any comments you have. And if you've got any ideas for the show, we want those. And so because we're running out of them. <laughs> and go go get that uh, go get that unicorn uh, meat. Really not at all. Go get, hey, go oh, get yeah, you hey. some unicorn meat. <laughs> Klingspor. Do a search for it. You'll never be able to spell it, but we don't care because uh, they're not a great sponsor. I don't have 100 grand from them yet. So, but uh, 
unicorn meat on their website. Even if <laughs> honestly, we never will. Even if you don't buy anything, if you just go on there and uh, you know you put that in just to see the discount, it's worth it. So <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure they appreciate the traffic. But uh, thanks everybody. We love you guys. Thanks so much for listening, and thanks so much to all the guys in the, uh, the chat and watching us live on YouTube. We love you guys too. <laughs> You guys have a great night. Except you, Ryan. No one likes you. But uh, you guys have a great night, and we will see you guys on the next episode. Bye. I like Ryan. What are you talking about? You're the one.